Well, I'm so glad you're here this morning. I'm excited about what God has to share with us today. Uh, I say that because I'm a nobody, and I just get to be used today. That's a pretty awesome thing to be able to be used. And so I just pray the Lord uh, would uh, have his way at this time. I, I just, you know, during during everything that was going on, Jessica, I just, again, want to reiterate with everybody else what's going on. I just want to tell you, amazing job you and your team did. What an incredible recital we had yesterday. Uh, many moments you could feel the presence of God. It was just a, a, such a blessing. But this morning, I want to talk to you about a very well-known Bible story, probably one of the most well-known Bible stories known in the world. Um, if you would, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 17. I want to talk to you this morning about the story of David and Goliath. We're going to talk about David and Goliath this morning. And many of you say, well, I've heard that story before. You know, it's the little kid that kills the giant, you know. But I got some things I want to show you in the midst of this that I hope you can see today because I don't want you to see it from a fairy tale story like some people think that it is. I want you to see this from a spiritual perspective in your life today. Because every one of you in here, if you're, if you're a, every one of you in here, please raise your hand. Okay, everybody had their hand up. That's good. If you didn't, then you need to check and see if you're existing today. Check yourself. But every one of you in here have at least one giant that you are facing in your life on a daily basis. And you're either doing one or two things, one of three things, two. <laughs> like I went to prom last night. Uh, two, I'm kidding. One of three things that you're doing. You're either fighting that giant, you're fearing that giant, or you have befriended that giant. Ooh, I heard it. Ooh. And so we're going to talk about that today. And I want you to know just, just from the beginning of this that David, we, we find him in his youth. We find him still as a teenage boy. Now, if you go back to chapter 16, there's a lot of things that begin to happen that lead up to this point of, of David facing this giant. We see where David... We begin to see about his home life. David did not come from some great well-known family of great wealth and riches or any big name. David was a boy, a mix with a bunch of brothers and a dad. And David pretty much was the youngest and the lowliest of all the boys in the family because all the boys are in the house and here David is shoveling sheep dung and watching sheep all day long and out in the field. He's not in the house playing video games all day. He's out working. And Samuel comes and God sends him to the house of Jesse, who's David's dad, and he goes in and, and he says, God wants to anoint one of your sons today. God was preparing a king 
See, when some people see just a mediocre shepherd boy, it used to be a song called this, God sees a king. Some of you out here see yourself as just mediocre and just living the day-to-day life, but God has prepared you for more than just being a simple person who exists. And so he goes through and, and begins to check all the guys out. And God says, don't look at their statue. Don't look at their, their build or their, their beauty. I want you to look at their heart. And Samuel, being the prophet that he was, walks through and looks. No, no, you're not it. You're not it. God, how about this one? He's pretty, pretty buff. You don't know. No. What about this one? He's a handsome. No, that's not him. He looks at Jesse. Jesse, do, do you have any more sons? Well, I got a, a younger boy. He's out there in the field with the sheep. You know, he's probably pretty nasty. Smells kind of sheepish. He said, well, bring him in here. He brought him in, and God said, that's the one. And he anoints him with oil. In the meantime, other things are going on with the king at that time, Saul. And we're going to read about that in a minute. But let's start in 1 Samuel chapter 17. It says, now the Philistines gathered their armies for battle. And they were gathered at Soko, which belongs to Judah, and encamped between Soko and Ezka in that place right there. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered and encamped in the valley of Ella. Ella, Ella, a, a. Oh, sorry. And drew up in line of battle against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on the mountain on one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side, and with a valley between them. So I want you to get this picture of where they are. There is, uh, I look kind of historically into this, and this were like large green hills, these mountains were massive. And there's one big one on this side and one on this side, and there's a valley in between. And can you see all the Philistines over here on this side? All of them are lined up with their battle armor, and you could just see thousands of them. And on this side, on this hillside over here, you can see the armies of Israel, and they're all lined up. And in between in this valley, it's just empty. Except... There came out of the camp of the Philistines a champion. Now, I looked up the word champion in this, and we all think of champion as winner, right? And that does have the definition here because definitely this this person, this giant, was a winner. He had won in battles before. But this Hebrew word for this word means the middleman, the one between the two. The one between the two. Hang on to that. Because I I started thinking, the Holy Spirit started putting things in my mind. Jesus was the man that hung between the two. He is the champion. See, look, I, I got goosebumps just then. That's good stuff right there. This champion named Goliath. That just sounds like, you remember when they, on Lion King was said, Mufasa, ooh, remember that? Just say his name, Goliath, ooh, say it again, ooh, Goliath. Goliath. Not just Goliath, but Goliath of Gath. 
Sounds gangster, don't it? Goliath of Gath. He didn't learn math. But he took a different path. I don't know another word that rhymes with ath. All right. Named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. Come here, Joey. Come up here. Joey, I want you to stand right up here. Don't fall, please. Joey, I'm going to step down here, guys. I hope we don't get feedback. This is about three foot tall. Joey, how tall are you? Six, six. Six, six. Six cubic and a span is nine foot six. That's perfect. That's how tall Goliath was. Come here, Brock. Where's Brock? Come here. David was young. He was, they say he was between 12 and 15 years old. Stay right there in front of Joey. How you doing? Okay, you guys can go sit down. Keep that picture in your mind. Keep it in your mind. Because here's the deal. Some of your giants, that's what it looks like to you. It looks like you're standing before a mountain. He had a helmet of bronze on his head. He was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of his coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze, and he had bronze armor on his legs and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spearhead weighed 600 shekels of iron. His armor, his spear, and everything weighed close to 200 pounds. I don't know how many of you have been in the gym lately and tried to pick up 200 pounds, but it is not really that easy just to go, hey, it takes some strain a little bit. This guy wore this stuff. Massive, big, dressed the part. And not only that, he had a big mouth. His shield bearer went before him. He had a guy just to carry his shield. He stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why have you come out to draw up for me battle? I am not a Philistine. Are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man yourself and let him come down to me. If he's able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) Green giant. I can only imagine that's how he talked because I don't think he went, bring the servants to me and I will kill it. I don't think he talked like that. And the Philistines said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. He didn't want to dance, he didn't want to party. He wanted to kill somebody. Can I tell you something? Your giant is out to kill you. Your giant in your life wants to destroy you. Why? 
Because you have a purpose. You have a destiny. And the devil don't like it. So he sent out his giant to destroy you. And if the giant could keep you occupied and destroy you or keep you from your purpose, then he won. When Saul, remember Saul's the king, and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, uh, he didn't, they didn't see him kill anybody. They just listened to him talk. He's just... They were dismayed and greatly afraid. Why would Saul... The king. Now, if you go back and look in Scripture about the description of Saul, when Saul was chosen as king, they said he stood above men. He was a pretty tall guy himself, pretty, pretty strong dude. They said, hey, this guy would make a great king. But here we see Saul is afraid. He's scared. Why? Go back and look at 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 14. I'm going to show you why. Now the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. Listen to this. Uh Uh-oh, this is going to mess with some of y'all. And a harmful spirit from the Lord tormented him. A harmful spirit from who? The Lord tormented him? God wouldn't do that. If he's trying to get your attention, ain't no telling what God will do. Saul would not listen to God. Saul was all about his glory, his self, making himself known, doing it his way. And that anointing that God had put on him to be king, gone. And now a tormenting spirit takes its place. And the only thing that could soothe Saul in the slightest bit was David's worship. Some of you, the only peace that you get sometimes is when you walk in here and you get into worship. Boy, it got quiet. Some of you need to walk out of here with peace today and walk in peace today. Today is a day for some of you to be set free from your giant. Now, David was a son of this thing of Bethlehem, (laughs) these words, in Judah, named Jesse. It's a dad, okay, who had eight sons, eight boys. Joey, you ain't got nothing on this guy. Eight sons, all of them boys. My goodness gracious. In the days of Saul, the man was already old and advanced in years. The three oldest sons of Jesse had followed Saul to battle. The names of the three sons who went to battle were Eliab, the firstborn. Next to him was Abinadab, and the third was Shammah. David was the youngest. The three eldest followed Saul. But David went back and forth to Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. Remember I told you he was singing to Saul worship. 
he kept going back and forth because this was the only thing that could soothe Saul. So he would do that, and he would go back and serve his father's sheep. He didn't complain, like, I got too much to do. No, he was doing what God had called him to do. God was preparing him, do you see? For 40 days, the Philistine came forth and took his stand morning and evening. So morning and evening for 40 days, he would come and stand before Israel and rah, 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 run his mouth. And Jesse said to David, his son, take your brothers an ephah of this parched grain and these 10 loaves and carry them quickly to the camp to your brothers. Also take 10 cheeses to the commander of their thousand. See if your brothers are well and bring some token for them. Do you know why he brought him 10 cheeses? Because they already had wine. They were already whining. So he had to bring us some cheese with their wine. We don't want to beat that giant. He's so big. He's a big guy. They were scared. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah. Ella, Ella, hey, fighting with the Philistines. And David rose early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper. He didn't just leave the sheep and go, I got to do what dad said. Y'all tend to yourself. He left him with a keeper, responsible young man, and took provision and went. And Jesse, as Jesse has commanded, and he came to the encampment as the host was going out to the battle line. So they're out the battle line shouting a war cry. Ah! what we do when we come in here on Sunday mornings. Ah! It's our battle cry. We are Christians. We serve a mighty God. But fear throughout the week tramples us and shouts back in our face and causes us to dwindle back into our shell. Ah, we love you, Lord. You won the victory forever. You're glorified. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I got to go home after this. Listen to me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying these things to condemn you today. I'm, I'm trying to open up a picture to you to show you that you are more than a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror, as Romans 8 says. You need to see that today. You need to understand that today. And, the Israel, uh, and Israel and the Philistines drew up for battle, army against army. David left the things in charge of the keeper of the baggage and ran to the ranks and went to greet his brothers. As he talked to them, behold, the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, came up out of the ranks of the Philistines and spoke the same words as before. And David heard him. Oh, oh. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled from him and were afraid. They ran back from the battle line. They were scared. And one of the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who's come up? He's talking to David, little David. He's in his armor. This guy's in his armor. He's got his sword and his spear. And he's like, Have you seen this guy? Little dude, you better not go out there because he's a big fella. Have you seen this man who's come up? Surely he's come to defy Israel. And the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches and give him his daughter 
and make his father's house free of Israel. In other words, if you can beat this guy, Goliath, you can win the lottery, you get a beautiful honey, and you ain't got to mess with the IRS anymore. (laughs) Where do I sign up? You said IRS, I'm in, baby. I've already got the beautiful honey. And I'm already rich in the Lord. But if I ain't got to pay taxes, woo-wee. And David said to the man who stood by him, this is what David said. David, teenager, hey, young people, don't let anybody despise your youth. God can use you whatever age you're at. Don't be, don't, don't be scared. David said to the man who stood by him, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? What? He didn't just say, who's this giant? He said, who is this non-covenant speaking fool out here trying to tell us that we don't serve a a living God? Who is this guy? David just went plum gangster. He don't know me. He don't know me. Except David had his pants pulled up. That's a different thing there. He don't know me. The people answered him in the same way. So shall it be done to the man who kills him. Who's up, boys? Now, now Elab... His eldest brother heard when he spoke to the men. Uh Uh-oh. And Elam's anger was kindled against David. He said, why have you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumption and the evil of your heart. For you've come down to see the battle. You're just down here just so you can watch everything. You're just trying to get away from work. Why are you even down here? Why have you even got your mouth open? Can't you see that we're fighting a giant? You need to go back home. You don't belong out here. Listen to what David says. And listen, listen to this. If you get anything, I want you to get this right now. David said, what have I done now? Was it not but a word? King James Version says this. Is there not a cause? What have I done? Is there not a reason? You know, in, 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 and I'm always going back to, because this is the season of my life right now. I always go back to health because right now we're in a place, many of you in here right now are trying to get healthy, trying to, trying to get your bodies in line with the Word of God. And when we started this uh, new program, Kenneth Lawback, you'll know what I'm talking about. You've got to know your, you've got to know your Why? you got to know the reason why you're doing what you're doing. It can't be, well, I just want to look good in a bikini. It can't be that. I would not look good in a bikini. Please get that visual out of your head. Don't throw up. Please don't puke right now. We don't want to clean that up. So, Periscope. (laughs) It can't be that. It has to be something deeper because when you feel like giving up, 
and you feel like quitting and you feel like walking away and you're saying, I don't want to fight anymore. You remember your why. You remember your cause. And some of you have forgotten why you need to stand up against your giants. Why you need to stand up and tell sin no and tell God yes. You've forgotten your cause. And it is the cause of Christ, the one who laid his life down for you and set you free and forgave you and washed you of your sins. He that the Son has set free is free. No, 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 no. no. He that the Son has set free is free. Indeed. Indeed. You know what that means? That means yes, there is no doubt. I'm free. I'm not under bondage anymore. Is there not a cause, ladies and gentlemen? Is there not a why? Is there not a reason to do what it is that you do to be the Christian that you are? And if your, your reason is, well, I just want to go to heaven, you need to get a deeper why because you're not going to live it here on this earth. Everybody look at your hand. I, I, do, I, t- I say this all the time to people. Look at your hand. Look at the very end of your finger. Do you see those little lines in your finger? Those little lines that are there? Those fingerprints? Do you know that there is nobody who has ever been created or ever will be created that has the same fingerprints as you? There is nobody like you. Nobody. We have, we have twins here. We have, we, have, we have the lady. Hi, ladies. Good to see you. Do you know that they're still not, even though they're identical twins, they're still not the same? They have two different fingerprints. Did you know that? There is nobody like you. And nobody has the same purpose as you. Nobody has the same destiny as you. You can't go live Chad's destiny. You can't go live Sharice's destiny. You can't go live my destiny. You got to live your destiny. And you need to find out what that is. But you can't do it because, well, I just want to go to heaven. I just want fire insurance. It's all I want. I ain't got to go to hell. I'm going to heaven. Well, praise God. But what are you going to do while you're here? I got to hurry up. And he turned away from him toward another. And he spoke the same thing. David's asking everybody, hey, is there, guys, is there not a cause? Is there not a reason why we need to be out there and whooping his tail? Would somebody please tell me that? David's brothers and the army of Israel could only see this fleshly battle, but David saw the spiritual battle. See, we look at things too much through fleshly eyes. How much money do I got? How successful am I? Is my wife or my husband being mean to me today? Is my kids doing, uh, you know, my job? I, you know, we look to all these things, and we're not looking through spiritual eyes to see the things that we're facing. See, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's, it, everything is spiritually tied. Now, I'm not talking about getting all woo-woo and going, well, we got to get up into the third heaven, see? Because the third heaven is where everything battles at. And we gotta, I'm not talking about all that. 
I'm talking about simply knowing who you are as a child of God and facing those things not by your own strength and your own power, but by his spirit, says the Lord. The spirit of God that lives in you, the same power that conquered the grave lives in When the words that David spoke were heard, they repeated it before Saul. And he sent for him. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight the Philistine. You know I will. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go against the Philistine and fight him. You're just a youth. This man's been at war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. He's, used, he's, he's been used to do that. And when there came a lion or a bear, it took a lamb from the flock. I went after him. He didn't, he didn't wait for the lion to come to him. He went after that sucker. I went after him and I struck him and delivered it out of his mouth and he rose against me. I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears and tigers, oh my. And in this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them for he has defiled the armies of the living God. David's faith had been tested. He won even in the small battles. Even in the smaller battles, he still won. Some of you need to even be winning in your smaller battles. Because it's testing for you when you face your big battles. And David said, the Lord who delivered me, the Lord who delivered me. Say, the Lord who delivered me. Now, that's, that's a key. From the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go, Lord be with you. <laughs> then Saul clothed, listen, Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head, clothed him with a coat of mail, and David strapped a sword over his armor, and he tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. And then David said to Saul, I can't go in these, for I have not tested them. Do you understand, David couldn't wear somebody else's armor. See, my, my salvation and my, my success with the Lord wasn't dependent on me riding on the coattails of my daddy, who was a pastor. I had to have my own relationship with the Lord. You can't go riding coattails of people thinking you're going to have success and be victorious in Jesus if you don't have your own relationship with the Lord. Too many Christians trying to be like somebody, somebody else instead of being like Jesus. David didn't need Saul's armor. He had the armor of God. You have to have the armor of God. But some of you want to, you can't wear that because you haven't tested it. You've been fighting with fleshly armor. You haven't tested prayer. You haven't tested the word. You haven't tested faith. You keep trying to fight out of your flesh like boxing at the air. God says, try me, prove me, test my armor, pray, read the word, have faith, test it, it'll work. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand and he approached the Philistine. Why did he pick five smooth stones? Anybody know? I think he might have missed. He wanted to make sure he didn't miss. Nope. Second Samuel 
Chapter 21, verse 18 through 22. Don't turn there. Goliath had four brothers. David wasn't afraid of missing. He just said, hey, Bubba, when I knock you down, if your other four try to come, I'm going to knock every one of them out. Mama said, knock you out. He wasn't scared at all. The Philistine moved forward and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him for he was in his youth. Rudy. Rudy. That's not what it means. Fair-skinned is what it means. And handsome in appearance. And Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said, David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. And this is what David said. David said, I know how to use a slingshot. Is that what he said? Nope. It's not what he said. Some of you need to quit fighting in the flesh and you need to hear this right now. You ready? I'm about to be closing. You come to me with sword and with a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down, and I will cut off your head, and I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with a sword, not with a spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. Yes, goosebumps again, yes. And when the Philistine arose, he came and he drew near to meet David. David ran toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put in his hand in a bag. He took out a stone. He slung it, and he struck the Philistine in his forehead. The, so, the stone sank into the forehead, and he fell on his face to the ground. You know what the last thing to go through Goliath's mind was? A rock. <laughs> David prevails over the giant. When Jesus looked at Peter, he said, upon this Rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What was the rock? What, what did Peter say that was so important? He said, who, who do people say that I am? He said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. It is Jesus in you that gives you the power to face your giants. You're either going to fight your giant you're going to fear your giant or you're going to befriend your giant. What are you doing with the giants in your life? Some of you have been facing the same giant for years. 45 years old. 45 years old. And I'm just now fighting and beating my giant.
My giant has had control of me for 30 years of my life and was killing me and was stopping from my destiny. I want to say something real quick, and we're going to do an invitation. When David cut the head off of Goliath with Goliath's sword, by the way, and he raised up Goliath's head, it said that courage rose up in the armies of Israel. When you face your giant and you kill your giant, courage will rise up in the people around you. It's not about you. It is, but it's not. Because when you take your steps to face your giant and you repent, you say, I will not be afraid. The battle is the Lord's. See, David just can't say the battle is the Lord's and not sling a stone. He had to know how to fight and who to fight and how to win. And that was through this word. That's how you win. That's how you fight. If you don't ever pick it up, you're not going to win. This is your sword. If you don't train with it, you're not going to know how to slay a dragon. You're going to walk out those doors today one or two ways, one or, one or three ways. You're going to either come down here and say, I repent. The battle is yours. And get up and run to the battle line and beat that thing. Is it going to be easy for some of you? Nope. Nope. It's not. It's going to be the hardest fight you've ever fought in your life. But God will give you the strength to do it. You won't just be sensibly, insensibly beating at the air. He'll give you the power to do it for his glory, not for yours, for his glory. Bow your heads with me. I want you to think about it right now. What's that giant in your life? Is it fear? Is it pride? Is it insecurity? Is it your marriage? Is it your finances? Is it pornography? What is it? What are you battling with? Gossip? What's that giant that holds you back and straps you down all the time? What is it? Whatever it is, you need to respond. You need to respond. People are already coming, not even waiting. Today is your day. Today is the day you face your giant. Today is the day you remember your cause. Today is the day you say enough is enough. I'm tired of being weak. I'm tired of failing every time I go at this thing because I keep doing it in my own flesh. Today is the day, God, that you get the victory. Come. Don't wait on me to call. You know what you got to do. You know how to respond. First thing you need to do is repent. Turn, turn a different direction. God grant me repentance today. 
I don't want to be the same. Never the same. Never the same. Never the same. I surrender today. I surrender today. Everything that I am. Everything and nothing less. It's yours. It's yours, God. It's yours. Give me the strength, Lord, today. Give me the strength, Lord, today, God. The battle belongs to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for chains to be broken today. In the name of Jesus, every battle that they have faced, God, every giant that they're facing in their life, I pray in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, you would break the yoke that you would raise up in them the power of God, that your spirit would boldly move into them, Lord. And God, they would be rejuvenated from their head to their feet. Grant them repentance today, Lord. And bring victory in their life, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can somebody shout to the Lord this morning? Can you shout to the Lord this morning? Come on, give him praise. Give him worship this morning. He's worthy of it. Some of you are going to leave this place changed today. You're going to leave changed today. You're not going to be the same when you leave here. You don't need to be going back to your seat upset and depressed anymore. You need to be happy and alive knowing that that was it. I left it right here. I hope none of you picked it back up and took it back to your seat with you. Today is a new day. Today is a new day for many of you. Because you just went gangster. Get a t-shirt that says Gateway Gangsters on it. No, we're not. Chad said no. Chad said no. Just, no hip-hop. We want to save that for dance recital. That's all we do. Amen. Is God good? Is God good? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word, God. Please stand to your feet. Can you lift your hands with me this morning? Can you just say this? Lord, I'm yours. Everything that I am, everything that I'm ever going to be is yours. I surrender. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you, God, for your goodness. We thank you for your word. We thank you that you show us that even a young man in his youth, because of the power of the Lord, because of your power, because of who you are, didn't have to have fear. That he stood on the word of God and defeated the thing that was mocking him and mocking his God. Today, empower us, Lord. Use us, God, to defeat giants, but also to shine the love that you have for us out to others who need you. We bless you today, God. We worship you. We thank you. We give you glory, God. You're awesome, God. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, love you guys so much. Thank you for being here today.